I'm Olivia Maynard, and welcome to The Domain of Women, a podcast highlighting the stories and ideas of women in the social sciences. Today, I am live in the studio with Dr. Monique Charles, a cultural sociologist, theorist, and methodologist, and assistant professor here at Chapman University. Her primary research interest centers around black music and sound. So thank you for joining me today, Dr. Charles. It is such a pleasure. <laughs> Would you mind speaking a little bit more about like your background and what your research specifically focuses on? Okay, right. So where do I begin? Okay, so I'm Dr. Monique Charles, as you know, and um, my research, it kind of it, it kind of spreads out. But if we just start with the PhD, the mm-hmm. PhD was on a genre of music called grime music. I don't know if you've heard of it before. I don't know too much. It's a, it's a British, a black British form of music. Um, I suppose the closest reference reference point that you would have here in the US would probably be hip hop rap. Got it. Um, and there's kind of like some EDM electronic kind of elements in it sonically as well. So my research was on that. Um, because it hadn't really been researched in much depth before, and it came out in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always had an interest in music and sound. Yeah. So that was kind of, um, the, that research kind of helped me to kind of develop a research method as to how to evaluate and analyse music for the social yeah. science fields. Um, and then I suppose slightly connected, um, I'm a sound therapist as well, so I specialise in tuning forks. So, wow. you know, I can get people really chill and falling asleep in a matter of minutes. Um, so yeah, I just love everything music, everything sound, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's about it. That's amazing. So was there something like in your childhood or like what brought you to yeah. like your passion for music? So my story is a very long story. It's always <laughs> a long story. So I'll try and do the whistle stop tour. Okay, so you can probably hear by my accent as well. I'm from the UK, so I'm from London, England. Um, but yes, as a child, my love of singing, that's kind of what kickstarted oh. everything off. So um, I was the child that was always singing and being told to be quiet because I'm singing too much. <laughs> but I also enjoyed studying. So it's kind of like a journey of the the studying and the singing and my love of music and it kind of organically I kind of kept putting those things together and it eventually ended up in me doing a PhD in music so I could kind of study it um and enjoying sound or being sensitive to sound as well um all of those kind of things began to work together um studying music itself um I suppose I I studied sight singing briefly so Mm -hmm. I was in lots of choirs and things like that but also studying music as a I suppose more of a kind of social sciencey or humanities kind of discipline that happened at master's level um and that's when I was looking at hip-hop um and looking at the political economy of hip-hop um as well as like representations and stereotypes of hip-hop artists so that's when it kind of became a bit more social Mm sciencey but up until that point it was just singing classes it was sight singing choir um, and just enjoying the music and realizing the music that i liked wasn't in the syllabus or wasn't on the curriculum so then i thought well well, if no one's going to do it i'm (laughs) going to start putting that in the curriculum so so that's my journey that's wonderful um I love how much of a passion you have for your work. So what is your favorite part about getting to study music? Um, I get to listen to lots of music. Um, (laughs) And also, I I, I don't know that there's so many things because I am really interested in um, the way music and emotion work together as well. So, um, I mean, 
I'm not really a, a clubber or a raver as much now, <laughs> but when I was doing my PhD, I had to go to concerts. Oh, you know, it was such oh, hard work. So hard. Had to go, <laughs> had to go to like clubbing events and raving mm. events and that sort of thing, <laughs> because I was really interested in how the kind of process where the music begins to capture everybody in a particular moment yeah. and that sort of thing. So I'm really interested in that, and I suppose with the sound therapy, really interested in how the sound kind of gets people to relax mm-hmm. on a level more deeply than they can even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- there's definitely that kind of spiritual, emotional kind of element with the music as well. Um, and then looking at the effect that it has on wider society or how people use m- music to kind of um, build a social movement or mm-hmm. a social moment. So there's there's so many things that I'm really interested yes. in. So I like to dip in here and dip in there and kind yeah. of just, yeah. And music is such a broad field. So there's, exactly. There's always things to be there's looking at. There's always something, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So just because I'm curious, who are some of your favorite artists, okay. either to listen to or to study, or maybe it's both? Okay, so this is the thing. I'm not one of these people. It's really <laughs> weird. Like People say, oh, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? I just like things, and I just yeah. like this, and I like that. And So I like, I like lots of different genres of music. So yeah. although I studied grime, one of the reasons why I studied grime at, as a PhD level is because I... At the time, the politicians were really down on the kids. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, they got something to say, so let's see what (laughs) this is about. You can't just condemn young people and whatever policies and procedures and things you're rolling out is actually making it hard for the young people coming up. They don't see a future. Um, So that's kind of why I got into that. But, you know, there's a wide variety of music. So my ancestry goes through the Caribbean. Yeah. So I like, um, you know, reggae dancehall. I like soca music. And then I like, you know, British pop music. <laughs> and then we all we always have, like, American music coming in, whether it's chart music or whether it's stuff that we had to go and import that was underground in mm. the UK. So, like, R&B and all that. Yeah. So there's just such a wide variety. And I don't like to limit myself. Good. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a favorite. I just like to kind of just wade in all of the wonderfulness. Mm-hmm. So for like a student wanting to like get started into kind of exploring music mm-hmm. more of a academic lens, mm-hmm. um, what do you wish they would like know like going into it? Um, what do I wish that they would know? Um, that music is sound, mm-hmm. but it's also social. It kind of gives an indication to potential social processes that may or may not be happening. Um yeah, I think to, I mean, what because I teach black music and African diaspora here as well. So I've been teaching um, the students how music migrates with people. Yeah. I've been talking about music in terms of, as we understand it as genres, how the, you know, if, some, if I say hip hop and somebody else says hip hop, we might be talking about the same thing, but we're in different reference points and help them to understand that genres of music themselves have their own life cycle journey mm-hmm. and just t- to help them kind of connect with music um, and understand it in a different way. So even if they're like, oh gosh, that's my dad's music. I don't <laughs> like that. They can have an understanding of of trying to find that reference point of where their dad was at, at the time yeah. when they first heard it. So it's kind of helping them to understand the wider social context. Yeah. So yeah, I think music is sound, but it's also social. That's awesome. So do you think, because I mean, you are a professor at a university. You mm-hmm. teach. <laughs> yeah. You teach about music. Mm-hmm. Do you think we should be? I mean, we definitely have it in university. Should we be also having education about like what music really is in like high school and earlier? Yeah, definitely. I definitely think so. I think um, a lot of people, um, and that's another one of the reasons why I do the work that I do. So 
usually, at least in the British context, when you're learning music, you're learning classical music, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're yeah. learning how to read music, um, or now we've got a lot of like music production, so you know how to you're learning how to kind of do musical sound engineering and all that sort of stuff, and all that is very important. Obviously, very important skill sets to learn, mm-hmm. but people, young people, find music singing or you know, writing their own songs or their own <laughs> bars or whatever. That's a way of them to kind of express themselves. And, um, you know, people find it to be quite therapeutic. Yeah. So I think there is there is a technical side. And just for lack of a better kind of term at the moment, technical, learning the skill sets to create and make music are very important. But the whole social aspect of it and the cultural significance of it for people, I think, um, should be um made more obvious through the curriculum at a younger age as well mm-hmm. um, because people are always like wow you do your research is on this and it's like <laughs> because they've never ever encountered exploring or engaging with music in a sociological way yeah so they I think it would be good to kind of introduce the idea at an earlier age because there's you know there's points that I might miss or you know yeah. and people can be thinking about and engaging with music um in that way earlier and I think that's very important certainly so this podcast talks a lot about what it is to be a woman Mm -hmm. in the social sciences and as you are a black woman that's Mm -hmm. another layer yeah um so how has your experience been being a black woman in the social sciences um overall yeah I mean my journey has been um Quite interesting. And it's been interesting, definitely in part because I'm a black woman, um, but also in part because of what I've studied. Because so in the British context, when it comes to studying music and popular music, um, it's not as, um, let's say, as innovative or it hasn't had as much of an opportunity to kind of explore um, black music forms in the yeah. same way. It hasn't kind of been explored as much. So over here, you know, when I was doing my master's, I was looking at hip-hop. I could, you know, find Trisha Rose's book or I could find, um, you know, uh, Michael Eric Dyson's book or Cornel West. I could, there were academics mm-hmm. that were writing around it and there's scholarships. I think there's a NAS scholarship. I can't remember which, which university it was at. But, you know, there were, there's kind of like a... a um, it kind of understood discipline here. So when I was first coming out and like, oh, you're doing a PhD, it's like, oh, wow, that's great. A black woman doing a PhD, doing this, you know. Mm. And I was at Russell Group University, which is, I suppose, roughly an equivalent to an, an Ivy League. So okay. just to kind of give you a, gotcha. a sense. So, you know, oh, prestigious yeah. kind of university. What are you doing? Grime. Yeah, but that's like, you know, some, mm. that's just really like low culture. Why are you doing, you know, oh, so there's all of that yeah. sort of thing. And then when I'm with a lot of music genres, um, they tend to be male-dominated. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a wider impact of wider society and everything else. And so when I, as a black woman, am doing it, in some respects, it was... I might be told things because I'm black. I might be, you know, certain information Mm -hmm. may be shared with me because of that. But in other ways, it's like, well, you're a woman, so we're not going to say all those things. So it kind of affected the kind of information that I may or may not have had access to. Um, And then... I also found, um, because I'm one of the first to do a PhD on grime and kind of, um, and then also I had the spiritual element, which I didn't really talk about too much because if they didn't even understand the grime element, I'm not going to start talking about spirituality and all that. And, you know, because that's just like too over there. Um, So then I would find that if I'm talking about music or I'm talking about my research, people want to be very descriptive. And because I'm a woman, they want to kind of... 
it's not necessarily the best term, but we've seen it on social media, mansplain. <laughs> Was it mansplain, right? Yeah. So they want to come and give me all these descriptive things about this and this and this. And I can tell that they don't understand what it is that the kind of, when you're approaching it academically, what it's about. So, you know, there are, and because it's music and people are passionate about it mm -hmm. as well, you know, they really want to kind of start talking about it and basically want to prove to you that you don't know anything Got because, it. you know, they like this or they like that, or you don't have a favorite one of this or that, or you didn't know this one point about this. Mm. And it's like, that's not what my research is is about. I'm kind of trying to map how the scene grew. And there's so many, um, yeah. the academic approach is not the same. Um, so there's that kind of blind spot there. And then because I kind of like to not go with the flow, but I like the music side and the sound side and the social side and then I like the well-being side. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of like floating in a as a mist, as it were, <laughs> across different things. In British academia, it's like your sociology, not really much space for music. Your music is largely classical, yeah. maybe a bit of pop music, but pop music is the Beatles. The Beatles. And there's nothing wrong with the yeah. Beatles, of course. We love them. But it's like... <laughs> So where do I go? So it's like I've got like one hand in one discipline, another foot over here. And, you know, so it was a bit mm -hmm. of a, yes. So it was very interesting. And then also, I mean, as you see, I, I love my earrings. Yes. The bigger, the better. Wonderful. So, you know, when I'm teaching my students, when I was over there, I would just present how I usually present and... Um, as in be, you know, appear or be visible how I'm, how I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. And for some people that was a bit like, oh, well... Are you sure you're a professor? Or mm. um, why are you not altering your appearance? And for me, it's like, I have the knowledge, I have the intellect. I want the people that I'm teaching to feel some kind of connection. And also, I just want to be comfortable how I am. Yeah. I don't want to have to change. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting. Um, people want to educate me because they're passionate about the subject or because they assume I don't know anything because I'm a woman and it's mm -hmm. a male-dominated genre. Um, I don't look like a professor or, um, yeah, just the, the blind spot that they couldn't even be studied in this way. That, that for me, was the biggest thing. It's like, isn't it obvious? And mm -hmm. it's like you're shouting at a wall, so you just stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so did you have anyone, like, when you were in university that was, like, a mentor to you that was kind of helping you along? Or did you have to forge this path, like, on your own? Um, I mean, I had... So up until the PhD process, I had a couple of people that were kind of... Like, whilst I was studying in the institution, they were very supportive. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, life moves on. They have other students and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but then with the PhD process in the UK, like you are allocated a supervisor or two um, and they kind of guide you through the process. Mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate to have very, very supportive supervisors. They were they're, they're supervisors of the project, but they're also your mentors. So I definitely had um, I was fortunate that I had a support system um, there. Um but before that, even as a child, my dad used to say to me, oh, you know, when you grow up and you go to university. So I always kind of, yeah. you know, maybe I was being uh, indoctrinated. But <laughs> I always knew that I was going. Yeah. Um, but I, um, especially on my maternal side, I'm the first person to have gone to um, university mm -hmm. and to have done a PhD. And I think I'm the first person in either side of my family to be faculty. Wow. So, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's really important, and that's <laughs> yeah. great. And I'm glad that there 
are young students that can like see yes. you and be like, wow. Yeah, hopefully. There I am. <laughs> hopefully. I think I might say some things and like, oh, actually, maybe she's not as cool as we thought. But, you know, I'm trying. <laughs> My first impression of you is you're very cool. So okay, hopefully, thank you. Hopefully thank that. you. <laughs> so... What kind of change needs to occur in like the field of like sociology as a whole, or even you can speak to the music side in terms of like gender equality and even like racial equality? Okay. Um, broadly speaking, um, even though I mean, for for me, for example, my master's was in race and ethnic relations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be teaching race and ethnicity here. I don't mind that. I enjoy that. But um, one of the things. Faculty of colour shouldn't necessarily be limited to only yeah. teaching in those areas or being positioned in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is um, is one thing that com- comes to mind. With regard to music, um, I think from my understanding, because I'm more, I suppose I'm more, my, my home is more in sociology, but with regards to music... Um, I suppose more of an opening up and understanding of the kind of social elements or the cultural elements of music um, outside of the kind of anthropological, oh, this is what a traditional didgeridoo sounds like, mm. you know, that kind of yeah. that kind of anthropological approach. Um, it needs to kind of be opened out a bit because, I mean, we live in, in cultures where music is such a big deal. Yeah. And then when you look at some of the... The things that are being taught, um, again, they're technical and it's very much needed. And there might be some stuff around the business side of it as well, obviously yeah. music business and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and setting up your own label and things like that. But I think, especially with technology, that side is moving pretty fast and people can do a lot of DIY stuff themselves. But no matter what is all happening over there, there's a massive kind of cultural impact. Mm-hmm. And so as a discipline, I think opening the doors a bit more to kind yeah. of allow that to kind of come in or at least kind of collab- more collaborative because a, a lot of these disciplines are quite siloed. Yeah. One thing I do like about Chapman is I get the sense that it can be a bit more free-flowing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of the disciplines are quite siloed so I think kind of finding interesting ways to make connection across them is would be very good. Yeah, and I feel like it makes the social sciences better as a whole when you're connecting all of the different dots. Yeah, definitely. Um, So one of my favorite questions to ask all my guests Mm -hmm. is um, who is a woman in your field that you admire? Either someone contemporary or someone that you've worked with? Um, Well, if if I'm thinking like really, really specifically with regards to what I'm doing, it would be Trisha Rose. Mm -hmm. Um, I see her as one of the first to kind of look at a black music or black popular music form mm-hmm. and begin to kind of look at it sociologically and it's kind of social significance, cultural significance. Um, so yeah, like the work that she's done um, helped to open my eyes and was one of the things that made me realise that in the British context, it's not here. And then mm-hmm. there was a whole uproar about grime music and it was like, this is my moment. So, <laughs> so yeah, definitely. She's definitely somebody that I look up to. Yeah, so I also ask every time, like, what is some advice that you would give mm-hmm. to a young woman entering into your field? That can be sociology as a whole, mm-hmm. social science as a whole, or mm-hmm. even just music. Okay. Um, one of the things that I... I mean, well, when it comes to any kind of academic study, you are using your mind. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, or hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you're using your mind and not um, anything else. So you're using your mind, and so you really have to. Academia or academic study is an opportunity to learn yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're because you're using your mind to produce knowledge or make sense of knowledge and organize knowledge. You also have to take the time to protect your mind and rest your mind, um, and learn how you are. How, how you are and how you process things mm-hmm. um, because you're because it's hard it's like because it's your mind it, it, you can't switch yeah. off you can't clock in and clock out so for example um, I found my PhD process a really good time to really dig deep and learn a lot about myself so one of the things that would happen with the PhD process is you know you submit a paper and you'd get critique or you get feedback and some of it's nice and some of it isn't mm-hmm. and I began to realise that over time, when I got my critique, my whole world had ended. Oh. Okay, my whole world had ended, and I'd be very hurt, and I'd mm. want to go and lick my wounds or whatever. But after a couple of times of this, I realised that okay, read the critique, put it down, don't think about it. In about two and a half to three days, because mm-hmm. I began to learn my process, I would be ready to kind of take it in and actually then yeah. get on with it. So there's definitely, you, you know, mental strength is very important because you are using the very same tool mm-hmm. <laughs> that you are to produce the knowledge that kind of helps you to navigate your life. Yeah. So, um, and as was as a woman as well, it's not as easy as be confident. But if you know that you have something to say, mm-hmm. um, don't waver from it. But if you can have trusted people around that you can bounce ideas off. Yeah. Um, definitely tap into them yeah certainly so um if any students at chapman university are listening Mm -hmm. what um what path would you kind of guide them towards if they wanted to kind of Mm -hmm. dip their toes into what you do um mm, that's a good question i mean i don't know because for (laughs) me it was just like i've just kind of been swimming in this soup of what i've been interested in yeah um And that hasn't been without consequence. It's like, (laughs) when are you getting a job? I'm still studying. Um, (laughs) So um, to get into this area, I always tell, well, what I always tell my students, especially if I'm, I teach research methods as well. Mm -hmm. And I've supervised dissertations in the past um, for students that were studying pop music or doing popular music studies. So I suppose the thing that I say to them is your interests are kind of giving you an indication as to the direction that you need to go. Yeah. So if there is a way that you can kind of find a balance between strategy, mm-hmm. so if you have an idea of where you're going, so strategy and your interest, if you can find a way to kind of balance that, I think that's the only advice I can give because I didn't necessarily know. I knew I was going to university because I was told, oh, yeah, when you go to university mm. from a young age. Yeah. But I didn't necessarily know that I was going to be a university professor teaching on black music. Mm-hmm. I just liked black music. I like studying. I like using sound to make people feel, you know, to enjoy. Yeah. You know, And it's all kind of organically started to kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Um and so as these things were happening, I kind of developed a strategy to begin to navigate. Yeah. So you don't, I suppose you don't always have to have the answers, but I think your interests are a very big clue as to the direction. If you have the opportunity to go and pursue and kind of lean in. Well, 
Well, that is going to be all for this episode. Mm -hmm. I hope you found my conversation with Dr. Monique Charles to be interesting and eye-opening. And a big thank you to Dr. Charles for sitting down to talk with me about your work and your experiences. There will be links to all of her work in the show notes below, so you can check her out. Um, you can find me on Instagram at The Domain of Women or on Twitter at Olivia and Maynard for podcast updates and other upcoming projects. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.